Find us on the Drake Memphis app and listen to our shows and podcasts on Spotify, TuneIn, or anywhere you search for podcasts. DrakeHallMemphis.com Well, well, well. Yellow. Um, hi. Good. Thank you. Fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wes, mm-hmm. Sid, Drake. Yep. Hanging out, looking at all the news stories that are fit to talk about. Um, there are more than you might imagine. And many more to ignore. Because people <laughs> suck. Uh, other than that, uh, wow, a lot of things happening in the world. The passing of Gary Rossington, of Leonard Skinnerd. It is a miracle to me that he lasted this long. 71 years old, and he passed away yesterday or Sunday. Um, the thing, I, I pulled up Wikipedia to look at the history of this band, and, uh-huh. you, and you, wow. you just kind of forget the time frames and those that have died and those that have come and gone in that band. Uh, it's mind-blowing. They began this band in 1964 in Jacksonville, Florida. Ronnie Van Zant, Gary Rossington, who has now left us, Alan Collins, the bass player was Larry Junstrom and drummer Bob Burns. And... Then they begin the litany of people that came and went and died, and it is unbelievable. Uh, the big moment, the big turning point for that band was 1977, October, I guess it was. They had just released Street Survivors with the uh, new lead singer, Steve Gaines, uh, that did vocals with with with, uh, with uh, Ronnie, and his sister Cassie, who sang backup, and uh, that band... Uh, with a with a plane crash um, that came out five days after the album's release, I didn't recall that it was that Golly. that soon after. They had to change the album cover because it showed the band in flames. Remember mm-hmm. that? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, but this is a band. This was the original Guitar Army, and you can look back over the tragedies that have occurred in rock and roll. And I was trying to recount the big ones last night. The Rolling Stones lost uh, Brian Jones, all right? Uh, That was in the late 60s. He passed away. The Beatles didn't have anybody die while they were intact. Um, The Allman Brothers lost Dwayne Allman and Barry Oakley in a very short time span in the 70s. And when Skinner lost their lead singers, both of them, and those other folks, their manager and so on and so forth. They just, they couldn't keep going. And so they left. Ricky Medlock was in that band um, at some point early on. He played drums or something. He's the guy that left the band to form Blackfoot. And they had some hits, Highway Song, and what was their other hit um, with a harmonica opening? And I can't remember now. Uh, Train Train. Yes, Train Train. Oh, yeah. But this runs down. I mean, October 2077, the plane went down in Gillsburg, Mississippi. And if you drive 55 south um, or north, you will see the spot. You, you can you know turn off there and go see it. Uh, and Gary never went. He just, or no, I think he, he in fact did go because there is a documentary you can look at. Um, he talks about the movies that were made about the band over time and about how they were all such bummers and downers and all that. This one, though, called If I Leave Here Tomorrow. I watched it some years ago. 
maybe Prime has it, but it does recount the tales that, uh, and it was accurate as to how that band went on. But on that first album, it was Rossington and Collins and a guy named Ed King. That was the original Guitar Army. Those were the three guys playing on uh, Freebird at the end and all the other tunes. Ed King left the band. But I'm telling you, this list of people from 87 on, they came back for the tribute tour after they had been away for a decade after the death of all those people rocked their entire world. And Artemis Pyle joined the band playing drums. He's the last one that is alive from any iteration of that band that was of any importance. Um, <clears throat> the bass player, the keyboard player, uh, they've all died. Uh, Billy Powell played bass for a bit, and he's he died. Um, Huey Thomason joined the band. He was in the Outlaws, and he joined at one point, not for long. Michael uh, Carlo, Cardelloni played in Damn Yankees after he was in Skinner and left. This was a, a revolving door like you've never seen before. Leon Wilkerson is who, who played the bass. He died uh, in his 40s, I believe. Um, anyway, they've all died. Um, Gary Rossington survived that, that uh, plane crash. He broke almost every bone in his body, his legs, his arms, the trunk of his body. He was messed up. I think his his uh, face was probably burned because he had an unusual look to his mug. I think he got uh, hurt in that thing. Then he wrecked a car. He drove his car into a tree <clears throat> and rebroke his legs, his arm, and everything mm. in it. He, he had a, <clears throat> a heart bypass, a quadruple one. Then he had a heart attack and had some more heart operations. This guy was a walking, he probably had metal rods in himself from the neck to the toes. I bet. And Alan Collins was in a car wreck, and this is after the band tried to play again. He had a car wreck, was confined to a wheelchair, and they kept on uh, trying to play, and then... Wilkerson died in 01. Billy Powell, who played keyboards, uh, died in 09. Ed King in 2018. Artemis Pyle is the last one standing. So the tragedies of that band, they probably win if we're in a contest here. Oh, Lord, yes. <laughs> I mean, the Almonds, losing Dwayne and, and that, and we did some research on that because I thought, who replaced Dwayne Allman? Nobody did, but I can't imagine how Dickie Betts kept playing two guitar parts without Dwayne up there. And then Barry Oakley died in a, a bike wreck, and but they kept on going. And then Warren Haynes uh, came into that band at at uh, some point, and then Derek Trucks. So what a what a long um, uh, Kenny Aronoff, who played drums for John Cougar, and now does tons of work with. Uh, various sessions and those players was it was in the band in 99 for an album called edge of forever one of the best best guys out there but the list of people that were in that band one two three four five six seven eight nine ten eleven twelve thirteen fourteen fifteen sixteen <laughs> oh seventeen God. eighteen nineteen twenty twenty one and gary was the last one standing 
from the first lineup and the first album, pronounced Lenrid Skinrid. And the tributes have been pouring in. He was 71 years old, and his body just couldn't take any more. One of these dumbass stories said, cause of death is unknown. He wanted to die. He would, <laughs> Get me out of here. I hurt. This sucks. And after they got done with that, they formed the Rossington Collins Band, and they were really good. Uh, Dale Krantz, I remember this vividly in Louisville when I was there as a as a child, you know, just a just a kid playing radio. They formed this band and they came to Louisville and they all three, uh, Dale Krantz, a little a little a country girl from Florida, uh, was there was there a lead singer and she was a firecracker band. She was really good. Alan and Gary. They're just laid-back country boys that play guitar. And so Dale Krantz and Gary got married at some point. So she was Dale, Dale Krantz Rossington. So she's alive. They had a few kids. But this band, I mean, he discusses, you know, were they cursed and all that. He says, no, it's just, you know, that, that at one point Greg Allman told him, if you live long enough, you're going to experience the losses of many of your friends and family. And they certainly did. So Gary Rossington uh, has gone on to join his mates wherever we reconnect if we do. Uh, but boy, I'm he's probably happy to be out of here. Good Lord. <clears throat> so, all the stuff he went through. And that documentary is on Netflix. And we saw it last really year. Good it's too. really good, yeah. It's really good. But the other one, <clears throat> um, Artemis Pyle tried to make a movie about the plane crash and they sued him over it and he didn't make it. They didn't want that, want that scene. But Gary went back to, to the site and met up with some guys who had been there that night to help, you know, save their lives. And they walked back to that spot, which is now just a place in the woods in the heart of Mississippi. So He's the newest one to go. Uh, David Lindley also passed away over the weekend at 78. If you know who he is, he was a, a session guy that played uh, most famously with Jackson Brown um, on Running on Empty. He played the fiddle, he sang, and he could play anything. And he's been around the, the uh, SoCal outfits for a long, long time. But he played with uh, Jackson Brown most famously. Loadout and Stay features his vocals, a really high, high, you know, voice and played the fiddle and was known uh, by everybody in, in this business as one of the best, best session guys ever. When in doubt, call in Lindley because he could play it all. <laughs> so, you know, they're, they're just dropping like flies and we're not done yet. Um, but anyway, rest in peace, Mr. Rossington. Appropriately, I, I think uh, to this moment for him. And those that love this band, and they are they are legion. Uh, it's they kept on and on and touring, and now they're probably gonna have to give it up. Uh, there's just unless they want to keep dragging out this entire concept of a tribute band, which at some point becomes sad. You end up playing state fairs and shit, and who needs that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But they and they put know. out like five or six albums since then. Which oh, no one has ever heard. Right. They, they, they've done nothing. Nothing at all. 
But I remember very well uh, in Louisville when they had just, I mean, that that, that uh, first album blew up. And I went to a show with my friend David Mize, who I often refer to, up, up in Louisville. And we somehow had a pint bottle of Southern Comfort. I got it <laughs> oh, in somehow. God. Perfect. And... If you don't know about that stuff, don't ever drink it. There's not any whiskey in it. It's all sweet, vinegary. It's disgusting. But we were in the middle of that crowd up front watching these guys play. And Freebird at that point hadn't been played to death. Because the joke has been for years, play Freebird. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I tell you, I thought, should we play it? And I thought, no. I don't think so. I've heard it. I can sing along with every guitar part, as can you out there. So anyway, uh, this one came from the Rossington Collins band with Dale Krantz, and she was a sweetheart and married Gary, and they carried on. But here is one in honor of Mr. Rossington before we get back to the other events of the day, and there are tons of stories about things to discuss with you. The text line is 878-9420. You may comment, say hello, or whatever you want to do. 878-9420. On the website, on the app, which is growing every day, and we are shocked at how many people listen to this. I don't know why, but they do. And But we'll take it. So thank you for being yes. out there. And uh, yes. You can say hey if you'd like, 878-9420. This is a song in memory of... And it's appropriate. It's called Pine Box. Rest in peace, Gary. This is Drake Digital. Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning and the afternoon. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. All right, there you go. Fly on Freebirds. They are, um, wow. I just hope that they now wrap this up and carry on with their lives. They've had a great run since 1964. Golly, that's a little Leonard, I, I never knew it was that 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 far back. But if you do like this band, if you're young or old and you live through it or didn't and want to go back and see it, if I leave here tomorrow is on Netflix and it is it's it's really good. Mm-hmm. So you can get the an idea of all that this these guys went through. Good lord! Um, but they have come to I hope their resting place as a band and they can stop now and go home and enjoy that. Well, let's see. Uh, as we watch the fascism fascism uh, take control in America and the extreme right morons like that lovely man, Ron DeSantis, in Florida, who's trying to change the world by turning back the clock and acting like that there aren't anybody but white people who are straight. Um, I'm amazed that he has this kind of a support I think it's pretty sketchy, but the just the entire ongoingness of his dialogue about LGBTQ people and kids should not know about the history of the country, and there never were any slaves. Abraham Lincoln's a lion, mother effer. That never went down. Screw him. Thanks, Abe. Um, there was no slavery. Don't let kids know about this stuff. No queers, no black people. Women, eh. They have some good things to offer, but not that much. <laughs> and he's just a dick. Insane. And he revels in it. And it's um, it's hard to watch. But some people think that this is cool. 
I, I don't know any of those people, but there's some following. The big CPAC affair over the weekend was a disappointment to many of these Nazis, and uh, but they had a good time. And Mr. Trump spoke, and the fact checkers that I saw, there were two, there were two stories. It's just kind of comic. I don't I don't really care anymore. But he told <laughs> 23 blatant lies. Mm. Said oh. he had he, oh, he, wow. he 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 misspoke and made up things and lied about 23 different things, oh, and they cut co- they covered every quote he made and the real story. Not surprised. Uh, but it's 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 it is what it is, and there's no reason to get your pennies in a twist over this. But it's just it's just sad. We transferred to Memphis, Tennessee, where we live, or in the area, and the drag queens here in town uh, have spoken out. This new law that would that will uh, prohibit drag shows in public places. I suppose this originates from drag queens reading to kids in school. Uh, they act like that these people that men have worn dresses in the theater, in vaudeville, in the movies uh, for decades upon decades. It was never sexual. That wasn't the intent. It's guys wearing dresses and makeup. It's happened for a long time, Mrs. Doubtfire and Tootsie and Milton Berle and other actors of that generation and before. But they act like that they're walking around with their pecker hanging out in some hole in front of the dress. This isn't the case. Memphis drag queens announced they will not comply with the new bill targeting male or female impersonators at their first rainbow brunch since the bill was signed into law. It goes into effect April 1st. Uh, Bella Duballet, or Duball, she, I guess is the most famous one in town, and she says she will not comply. I can march in pride if I want to, and I'll go out and do what I want to, and she, they're just not going to uh, play along. And I would guess the MPD has other things to worry about than locking up a bunch of drag queens. Um, they don't do anything. This is not a sexual thing. It is entertainment. There's nothing about sexiness or uh, it's, it's not that way. And people don't seem to understand that. (laughs) That's that. Yeah. And as usual, they're afraid of what they don't understand. They don't understand it. So it must be wrong. So, uh, the ones around here said that they just, they just don't care. And, uh, a Tennessee state Senate guy, Ramush Akbari, told Channel 5 that she's been to Atomic Rose's drag brunch, drag, drag, drag brunch a few times and never seen anything that she deemed inappropriate to children. First of all, kids aren't going to this brunch. I, they have other shit to worry about. There you it go. was a fun source of, of it was just it was just entertaining and a diverse place for people to gather. But diversity is okay as long as you aren't offended by it and you can change the law if you want to. Um, so Bill Lee, in his dress picture, nobody cares about that. Uh, Duball says that they've been doing this public drag in this state for 50 years. We are not going anywhere. And Governor Lee has said over it's to protect kids. From what? They're, not, they're, they're going to Chuck E. Cheese. They're at school, yeah. Or they're going to Chucky. <laughs> or they're, or they're, they're seeing not, a guy dressed up like a like a woman. Just so it's a what? costume. You, it, it, do, yeah, do they? The, the, 
Yeah, the whole the the law. I I found a story that quoted part of the law, and it it bans yeah. quote male or female impersonators who provide entertainment that appeals to a prurient interest. Close quote. That's <laughs> going to be the key thing. And because what the hell's prurient mean? What's that? That, that sounds yeah. dirty. <laughs> well, it's it's you're appealing to the baser sexual kind of interest of people. And what they're, but that's all kinds of subjective. And what they're, what's going to happen uh, is they're going to use this as a tool to come in and grab the drag queens reading to uh, kids at a library. But uh, if this if Bill Lee shows up just in a dress for a minute, it's just it's funny. If there's a guy on YouTube called the Liberal Redneck who went on a rant on this. And part oh, of what no. he says, I've seen him. Yeah, he's yeah. great. Yeah. Part of part of what he said, I'm paraphrasing here, was if a straight guy puts on a dress, it's just silly fun. If a gay man puts on a dress, it's sexual. <laughs> and right he's not there, wrong. He's right not wrong. there is the the hypocrisy of the whole whole thing. I uh, I, I just I, my 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 brain just cannot connect on. The disconnect between these people and the truth and the reality of what's happening with <laughs> issues like this. It, the, it's, the reality it's is they have something to, to grab onto to get their people uh, riled up so they can win the primary. Yeah, and that's what happened this past weekend, uh, which is why uh, this is... There's a story this morning about how somebody... I didn't even click on it, but somebody said that, they, that these polls are already being rigged by candidates... There's a story here about the thousands of bots that are on uh, Twitter, I think, coming out of the Kremlin. And they, let's see if I, if I can find this thing real quick. Um, let me see. It was about how many bots are out there from Mr. Trump and his, his okay. Uh, uh, thousands of the pro-Trump bots are attacking DeSantis and Nikki Haley, who has as much chance of winning this as my dog does. Uh, over the past 11 months, somebody has made up thousands of fake automated Twitter accounts. Thank you uh, to Mr. Musk for taking care of all this. Perhaps hundreds of thousands of them to offer a constant stream of praise for Donald J. Trump. Besides posting adoring words about the former president, the accounts that are fake ridiculed his critics from both parties and attacked Nikki Haley and uh, what's his nuts, the Nazi down in uh, Florida, Ron DeSantis. Uh, so they are; these things are popping up on your feed if you are still living in that false world of the Twitter sphere. Twitter sphere. Uh, the sprawling bot network was uncovered by researchers at Syabra, a tech firm in Israel that shared the findings with the AP News Service. They cannot find the exact source of where they're coming from, uh, but the Kremlin uh, and Russia is the suspected originator of all of this. To ID the bot, they look for a pattern in the account's profile and its follower list and the content that it posts. Humans typically post about a number of things with a mix of original and reposted material. Bots often post repetitive content about the same topics. One account will say, 
Biden is going to take our guns. Trump was the best. Next one says, January 6th was a lie and Trump was innocent. These voices are not people, um, says the person that's, that is concerned about this, as we all should be. But uh, those that want to believe it, believe it. And it endorses their already entrenched beliefs, whether they're bullshit or not. They don't care. It just reaffirms what they believe to be true. And you would think that, that the Elon Musk and his takeover of Twitter would have been more on top of this, but he's not, and they can't control it. So it just will continue. Back to being a guy in a dress. John Stewart, who I wish had a chance to interview every one of these people that that finds uh, a real issue with the with the drag queen issue and don't say gay and all this other crap. Uh, found this piece yesterday and had Wes record the audio. Stewart was interviewing Oklahoma Senator Nathan Dom, who is proposing looser gun control to encourage more people to own them. And John Stewart. Well, I'll just let him, let's just play the clip, and here is how he handled this guy, uh, and it was masterful. Roll it. You want to ban drag show readings to children? To my house, yes. Why? Why, why? What are you protecting? Why can we prohibit children from voting, those under 18 from voting? Why are you banning, that? Is, is that free speech? Are you infringing on that performer's free speech? They can continue to exercise their free speech, just not in front of a child. Why? Because the government does have a responsibility to protect. I'm sorry? The government does have a responsibility uh -huh. in certain instances to What's protect the children. leading cause of death amongst children in this country? And I'm gonna give you a hint. It's not drag show readings to children. Correct, yes. So what is it? I'm presuming you're gonna say it's firearms. No, I'm not gonna say it like it's an opinion. That's what it is. It's firearms. More than cancer, more than car accidents. And what you're telling me is, you don't mind infringing free speech to protect children from this amorphous thing that you think of. But when it comes to children that have died, you don't give a f to stop that because that shall not be infringed. That is hypocrisy at its highest order. And that guy had no response. He sat there <laughs> dumbfounded. The part that was bleeped out was flying fudge. Okay. And the guy looked completely baffled and had nothing else to say. Now that's how you interview somebody and just leave them with their with their crank in their hand, as we say here in the South. <laughs> uh, Do people so what's think... more important, you know? Uh, <sighs> And do people think, like, when their kid asks, if they're, like, three or four, do, do turn they them have gay. To, that they have to sit down and explain everything? That's a person in a costume. Can that not be your answer? That, that's that's I, I dress point, like a yeah. I dress like a man for five years and one money during Halloween contests. So s screw these people. I was going to say that, you know, <laughs> I mean, over the years, how many men have put on dresses and makeup and gone out at parties for Halloween? Thousands. Thousands. Yep. yep. Uh, but but the inference, the insinuation that anybody that does that is going to harm our children is such a load of nonsense. But you're feeding, you're just feeding, feeding, feeding uh, this intense fire of stupidity that has taken over uh, politics in general. Um, 
I just, you have to hope that this is a, a minority, but then again, it's hard to tell because all the polls are rigged too, according to everybody mm-hmm. now. So it, you just can't win. And it, and I guess there's no reason to get outraged and pissed because you're just wasting your breath. But it is uh, still um, a, a head shaker. The other head shaker, we discussed this briefly yesterday, and I may have said this, this at the end of the day too, about uh, one of the bright lights in in Memphis, considering the fact that the past two years, the crime rate in this area has put us at the number one spot for murder and crime in America. Liza Fletcher and the, uh, the crazy gun guy that went around town and was stopped in South Haven. And then the Tyree Nichols case. And then uh, there's this morning, there's two more shot at some place and four injured. And the crime, 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 crime. And um, so um, all of that is going on. And so you seek uh, the joy and the light where you can find it. And if that is in sport, if it's in basketball, if it's with the Grizzlies and with John Morant and watching what he can do as a basketball guy, he's, he's a bright light. He was an, he was an NBA all-star the past two years. But he really screwed up. If you've watched the video, and I did, it's it's just sort of sad and heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. He's 23 years old. He's making millions of dollars. And he was in some strip club at 3.13 in the morning in Denver, waving a gun around with his shirt off, which th- this, is, this is all old news by now. But the outpouring of coverage on this thing nationally and locally has been mind-boggling. If he weren't from Memphis, I wonder how we would judge him if he played for, let's say, Golden State. Knowing what kind of a guy he seems to be at his core makes this even more of a letdown and a great disappointment. But he wisely immediately got in front of it and said that he was, the operative phrase to call off the dogs is seeking help. Which is why Nike, who has who signed him in 2019, I believe, has decided not to cut him loose. Oh, good. Uh, so he has been out for two, the only update available, he's not going to play, he didn't play um, against the Clippers and won't play against the Lakers tonight. And Golden State, the next one, other on this West Coast swing. So the NBA is involved. And the one thing that may make this worse for him is if he got on an airplane in Memphis with a team with a gun in his bag. That is written in the NBA contract rules and all that stuff. If that is, in fact, the case, then there's more bad stuff to come down on him. I just can't imagine he is dumb enough to put a gun in his carry-on luggage. Uh, but he's waving it around, and he's got it. He, he's he's addled on some, you know, crystal or whatever the hell he's drinking. And um, it's at twenty-three years old. Did any of us have a clue? Probably not. No. But <laughs> you get all this fame and all this money and all the adoration of fans, and it distorts your sense of reality. And the pressure on him at 23 years old is monumental. To, to, just to, but he, at the heart of what he is, I believe, as everybody has already said, 
He's a good dude. He's a good father. He helps people. He does this, that, and the other. But he had two issues before this one. They got the NBA eyes on him to start with. And then this nonsense went down. And we'll see where this goes. But it, it really was a kick in the gut to have one of the bright things in this town, this basketball team, and this young man who has made everybody laugh and cheer and root him on. Oh, God, yeah. Positive, one of the positive, NBA's positive. most exciting young players, and uh, you know it's it's just rough. They have I didn't check the schedule, but this is March, so they've still got a few months to play, and so we'll see how how the NBA and the Grizzlies handle this. But I hope for the best for this dude. He knows he effed up badly. Oh God, I know, it, but it is heartbreaking. I wonder yeah. if his dad's ready to kick his ass. I think his dad's part of the problem. Uh, his old man is pretty mouthy Maybe. and was yeah. involved in some of these issues too. So uh, I, he's not um, on anybody's good boy list right now. Maybe he'll turn this around. I I really hope so. So we'll find out. And the Tigers are in the, the tournament against Thursday in Fort Worth. They'll be playing Friday night, um, the winner of the UCF somebody game. Uh, it'll be on ESPNU, so check your listings for all those games, because they'll begin playing Thursday night. Tigers were the number two seeds; so they got their bye, uh, along with Houston. So we'll see how far they can go, and then I guess this Sunday is time to lay out the brackets for March Madness, and the time change is this weekend too. Oh God, that's right. And the Oscars this weekend. So. It's all all coming up. So a lot of things happening. We have more things to share with you um, in the areas of uh, bands and albums and tours. And the Beale Street Music Fest is coming up. I have a story about one of the bands that is on this show and what they are doing on their current tour, which I found surprising considering the origins of this band and what they're going to be playing, at least in part, is the last thing you would expect them to do. Uh, but it's, I'll tell you about that in just a minute. You two in the news and uh, the revival, if you will, of maybe one of the most uh, groundbreaking music shows on television in history. It's coming back to a YouTube channel near you. That's coming up in a little bit. Where are we on this music list deal? Or does it matter? It doesn't matter. Pick something. I'll try to make it happen real quick. Uh, I love the story about this song by Harry Nielsen that I never understood before I watched the the um, the, this, the the story of his life in that documentary about Harry Nielsen. Many of you know who he is. Many of you don't. He wrote "Me and My Arrow," and he had some hits. And he was a he died very young. He drank himself to death. He. Had big hits, but he refused to tour. He had massive stage fright. And he palled around with John Lennon and Keith Moon, and they rocked a little bit too hard. And Harry, um, a lovely guy, but he uh, he wrote some hits for tons of people. This song here, Among Them. And the story that is in this documentary is about this song. It's called One. And it was made a hit by Three Dog Night. Lauren Nero, I believe, covered this song too. The beginning of the song, you know it the minute you hear it. And it came from this. 
He was trying to call his girlfriend over and over again. And this is back in the day before we had, you know, call waiting on your home phone. And they had, and it would make a sound because the line was busy. Dun, 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 dun. Over and over again. He used that to begin this song, that rhythm, that dun, dun. And here it is. Here's Harry Nielsen. This is Drake Digital. Drake Digital with Drake West and Sid in the morning and the afternoon. Hear all the shows at drakehallmemphis.com. Sorry you're having issues with the app and the stream. There's something in the air. Probably these bots or the AI or the (laughs) chat GPTs are messing up the deal. But uh, it's always something in this business. So um, it's back now, I think, and we apologize for the technical issues because uh, when it goes off you're missing the brilliance of this radio program or whatever the hell it is this isn't, ra- isn't radio but kind of right I, I can't yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm just reading text sorry i'm ignoring you what are they saying out yonder uh they you, you had some from, from before yes um and i need to tell you about the person who called you we'll talk about that at some point uh where did this one go oh rick says I've hated to hear about Gary Rossington. I was, fortu- it, I was fortunate and saw them several times. Once on my 18th birthday in 1975 at the Coliseum, we stopped for beer at a local store where we always have, and the owner asked for my ID, and when she looked at it, she smiled and said, Well, you SOB, <laughs> okay, been getting, a, been getting over on me for two years. It was a great show. Yeah, they were great back then, man. They were really good. And I, I don't know how, because I was not of age, but somehow we had Southern Comfort in a pint bottle and got it in there. I don't know how or why. <laughs> don't pants. ever drink that stuff. It'll kill you. It's all sugar. No Ugh. whiskey at all. Jenny heard your Between the Grooves music cast yesterday, which we, I, yeah. we would, should talk about, and said, I'm so excited, Jimmy F. and Paige. It was fun to do that. And my son, mm-hmm. who is very adept at knowing how to work, the editing and the producing of things like this did that with me all day Saturday. And I thank him. Uh, Jeremiah was um, my producer, and we had a really, really great, great time with this. This stuff requires more work than I was in for, uh, quite frankly. Uh, but uh, <laughs> Yeah, tell me. Uh, but yeah, Wes knows all about that. But I hope you heard it. We're going to play it again. But it covers a uh, page from before Led Zeppelin. And during Led Zeppelin and after Led Zeppelin. And um, he's a very interesting fellow and what a gifted artist. But it helps you understand why that band sounds how they do. Because there's not a band I can think of um, from the days gone by like them that are still so alive right now that had the preparation that he had to go in and cut a record. Because he spent the 60s uh, producing and learning how to do all of this stuff. And in one of the clips that, that, that I played, he, he talks about his focus on guitar orchestration. And you can hear that on Zeppelin II especially. All the layers, the overdubs. Listen to um, Ramble On sometime to hear all the guitar parts that are going on there. It's like a symphony. But Zeppelin One, as this show uh, pointed out, they they uh, rehearsed every song for about five and a half months. Every song, they got it down. 
and they cut this record in 36 hours. That was it, total. And to hear it today, is you, it's just hard to imagine anybody else being able to pull that off. And Zeppelin too, and then so on. But they were a unique band that is still you know, prominently on display today. And the most copied rock band maybe ever. Influenced, let's say. But they were, they were pretty strong. Uh, what else is in the, in the text thing? Susan, you know, last week you were talking about getting weird texts and phone calls from somebody who seemed like they were looking for someone and they had the wrong number. And Since last September. Was, yeah. Yeah. So we talked about it last week. And she, I guess, did some detective work for us because she sent me t on the text line screenshots of, first of all, Glendale Park Apartments, a senior community mm -hmm. somewhere in Memphis. And it has the same address as Genesis Bible Study. And there's a Genesis Bible Study Facebook page. And you said the woman was had some Bible... Uh, it was mainly little... Scripture in a text or something. It, it, was, it, was, you know, it was various memes from the Bible and um, little flowers and little birdies and sweet stuff she was trying to send to somebody, like her granddaughter or her daughter or somebody in her family. They were all coming to me. And... There was a, it was a long, long list, and I told her three times, I said, ma'am, this is not who you think it is. You have the wrong number. And this went on until about two weeks ago, and I finally just you know, blocked the number. And then I realized after we discussed this on the air that um, she had called my phone a few times and left some messages. It was some old lady, obviously, trying to find this girl. And she had the wrong number. But she's older and she didn't understand that she kept on with the wrong number and the messages. So I just, I just blocked the number uh, finally. Because it wasn't a scam because she didn't ask for anything. But right, if it's right, an old right. folks home and a Bible study place or whatever the case may be. I think so, that, yeah. That kind of adds up now. Yeah, it does. So thank you, Susan, for doing detective work. Thanks, she Susan. Said, she said her dad was a detective, and she's following in his footsteps. A P.I. So. <laughs> okay. thank, thank you very thank much. Thank you, ma'am. Text anytime, 8789420. What's up with you two, Wesley? They are being interviewed because their uh, Songs of Surrender is you know, coming out real soon, and so they're promoting that. But as part of the uh, interview for on one of these places, The Edge uh, said that the U2 is not done. They are kind of, they're working a little bit on new music. He is especially. And the next album from them is going to feature, he says, loud guitars at the forefront. Cool. Which is, yeah, that's welcome. That's they're for best me. That's, when they rock. Yeah. yeah I, mm -hmm. I completely agree. That's been the uh, big, biggest disappointment for me for their last few albums is they've been soft quieter albums but dark and so, moody and bono is in a sad place right which they say that's just the kind of thing that uh, they'll do because they uh the songs have to serve the singer and the singer has to serve the song and they're not going to you know, push a quiet song into something good and loud just because but just depressed irish drunks <laughs> <laughs> that's how they write he says, I've been working on new stuff in parallel that's much more vital and requires a YouTube uh, band sound to fulfill it. He's not going to try to get you know, super loud, but he's, he'll be trying, he says, to, quote, to find new ways to use the instruments that are new and unfamiliar. So you go. Elevation. Ed. Get on your boots. 
all those hard funky songs. Yeah, and yeah. That's more, more of that, please. Absolutely. Both the blues yeah. guys. Uh-huh. Uh, they they are so, so good, at what it, but they they really shine when they rock harder. I saw a documentary years ago. I'm going to have to look up what the name of it is, but it was focused on them making the song One, which they described as the song that saved the band because they were infighting it a little bit, couldn't decide on a direction, and they were still working, and they that came together, and they all when it was done, said, wow, okay, we still have some things to say, and they kept going. But on some of these songs, Bono will uh, just come up and start you know, humming along to the, the melody or the, the parts that the others are playing and just kind of make up words and get the song to come together that way. Hmm. And other times he'll, he'll have something written out in advance, but it was fascinating to watch, and I'll have to get the name of that. All I saw yesterday was a story... With a headline, and I'm paraphrasing, uh, but the Edge said, "Yes, there are times when when Abano just drives me out of my mind." Oh, of course. <laughs> so he was, and I I heard a a comedian once. It was a female, and she said, "Just imagine that the Edge is your boyfriend, and you and it's time to meet the parents. Mom, this is the Edge. Dad, this is the Edge. Mom, Dad, <laughs> the Edge." What's his real Bono name? Box. I forgot. Yeah, Bono box my ass. His name is Paul Houston. All right, what else? Oh, yeah. About the Midnight Special. God, yes. this, this changed live rock and roll shows forever. It absolutely did. On, it ran. On TV, yeah. Yeah, it ran from the what, uh, 70s to the early 80s. The uh, list of people on here is impressive. Musicians really uh, is. of the yeah. day, comedians, other entertainers. Bart Sugar, Bert Sugarman, rather, was the uh, producer of this thing and insisted that these performers do it live, unlike yep. most shows where they you know, just play along to the, the track. But he had them do it live. It was on always late at night, midnight special, because no place was you know, doing programming after 1 o'clock. So he turned a lot of careers around and brought a lot of attention to a lot of great names, and now you can discover it on YouTube. They this have- should be a great education for young folks who want to see... Yeah, that era and these bands in their with prime no, with with no uh, lip syncing, they had to play live. And I had this story in the list of some of these bands, and it was my. Oh yeah, the, uh, Tina Turner, Zeppelin, Aerosmith, Kiss, Elton John, Beach Boys, Bee Gees, Bowie, Fleetwood Mac, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, uh, Loretta Lynn, wow. Steve Martin, Billy Crystal, George Carlin was on this thing. Oh the Cars, and- Cheap Trick, Frampton, Genesis, Little Feet. Prince, Roxy Music, Thin Lizzy, ELO, Rhiannon in the in early '76, Bowie just, doing Space Oddity. Golly, four hundred cool. over four hundred episodes and available on YouTube. And you can it is a a telling tale of who could sing and play and who couldn't. Uh, I remember seeing Three Dog Night and I and being enraptured by, yep, they can pull this off live. And that was hard to do with three lead singers, but they nailed it every time. So this is all coming up yep. on the TV. So, cool. Right. <laughs> so it's on YouTube, right? It, it is on YouTube, so you can just pick and choose the ones you want to watch and just watch them right there. Um, do you have that song I mentioned to you before from a movie? Before I do this story, do you know what I'm talking about? I, I, I have lost track of what you're hinting at. Tom Hanks was the director of it. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, Okay. Yeah. 
Sid sent me a text over the weekend, and um, I had just been on 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 Amazon Prime watching a show called The Consultant. Uh, Christoph Waltz, Waltz, German dude, I reckon, who won the Academy Award two years in a row for Best Supporting Actor uh, in Glorious Bastards, where he played a Nazi um, general, I guess. He was unbelievably great in that. Then he was in um, uh, Django Unchained, and he won it both times. And the guy is a great actor, and he chooses his roles very carefully. And I saw the show, and I saw his face. I thought, okay, it's called The Consultant, eight episodes, a half hour each. And I watched it rapidly, because it was so engrossing, I could not turn it off. I don't know how to explain it at all. Uh, he, the at the beginning of the of the first season, the the first show. Yeah, the the show opens um, at a giant uh, company that makes video games, and uh, it's young and hip and colorful and it's busy. The CEO and the boss is a kid uh, at thirteen years old. He made his uh, first game, some kind of a young young you know genius. And he keeps on, and they just churn out game after game after game, and they're very popular. And he is a he's a you know billionaire, at twenty years old, kind of a punk and real cocky. And so the consultant, uh, Christoph Waltz, shows up one day, and I'll just say that he he takes over the company. And the way he does it, I won't even I don't want to give it away. But he does this. Uh, it's really a complex. This thing was on my mind for two days after I watched it, mm-hmm. trying to put the pieces mm-hmm. in place as to what I had just seen. Because uh, the eighth show is the end of it. And you go, please don't be over. This is, it's really worth the time. The consultant. It, it's hard to explain, but it's it, it's just great. And I had seen the uh, promos on there. For Daisy Jones and the Six. And my first thought was, this is going to be some uh, cliched bunch of crap about a rock band that's just kids and they do good and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so I figured it's like almost famous. And it that that movie was a, was a huge hit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this is not a ripoff, not a replication of that. They only released the first three shows, but I watched it, and it's about a band from Pittsburgh called the Dunn Brothers, and they moved to L.A. in a van. They drive to they 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 got their songs on a on a a a, a tape a cassette tape. Now <clears throat> that sounds far fetched these days, but in fact, uh, Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers drove from Florida to, to uh, L.A. on a whim with a tape. And that's back in the days when you could walk into any label and say, please give this to the A&R guy. We want to get a... So this is what they do. And they go to, to uh, L.A. <clears throat> and they, they play at various clubs. It's a long story, but a parallel to them is a young girl who is a songwriter... Um, trying out her poetry 
and she sings at some open mic nights and things like that. And I kept seeing her face, and she is a is a a gorgeous girl, and she's young and carefree, and it's all about hippies and and music and the soundtrack on the show. As Sid can uh, can, it's incredible all the songs mm-hmm. from from that 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 time. Daisy Jones is her name, and so the new show fourth show comes out Friday. But I kept seeing her face and going, who is this young lady? She looks so familiar. And I, it finally hit me on the credits. It's Elvis's granddaughter, Lisa Marie's child, Riley Keough. Mm-hmm. And I thought, oh, that's why she, she look. She has Elvis's eyes mm-hmm. and her <laughs> and her her mama's face and mouth, and she's really gifted. This girl is a star. She's unbelievably good in this. And I think it kind of skipped a generation because Elvis was Elvis. Lisa Marie tried to live up to that and really couldn't. But her daughter is doing it. And man, she is good. Riley Keough. And this was shot. uh, They went to, to band camp for three months, the guys in this band. And then COVID hit, 18 months of that. They went back to band camp because they're playing all this stuff. And oh, yeah, then they yeah. did the show. And the show is probably three years old. Uh, but the actors in it um, and her work, it is top notch. And I thought this is bound to suck. But it didn't. It was really good. Thank you, Sid. You're welcome. And I wasn't sure because what we, we always record Colbert because I just go and scroll through. I can't stay up that late, so I have to watch it later. And I scroll through and see who his guests are. And I saw that she was on, I don't know, last week or sometime recently. So I saw that part and then the, a piece of the show, and I'm like, ooh, I want to check that out because I'm really liking her because of the other show that, I, that she was in that I told you about, the Terminal List. And now I'm like wanting to look, look her up and see what she's done, you know? And I was like, ooh, this is new. This will be cool. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's so, good. So I'm, she's I'm, in that too, huh? Okay. She's in that too as the wife, yeah. Yeah, she's done uh, four or five films. She was a model. And she was on the cover of Vogue or something with Priscilla, I think, because when she was younger, she looked just like her grandmother, just like her. Now she's 33, I think, and is all grown up. But she uh, she, she has inherited the genes uh, that were passed down to her by her, by her, her dad and her mom. Uh, she's really good. And Rolling Stone magazine... If you watch this uh, trailer, it'll spoil it for you. So don't watch the trailer. It's it's just <laughs> it, it it just gives away too much of it. But Rolling Stone magazine is already on top of the show, and they released a list of the best songs by fake bands ever ever made. Cool. I I guess they're they're kind of out of stories to do. So this was kind of a stretch, but. Um, the bands on in the top 50 included a talk about were the monkeys a real band or not they've argued that for years yeah at first they weren't <laughs> then they got to play their stuff and they tried to be a real band and that's when they they flopped entirely the monkeys are on there the brady bunch from 72 uh had a song called time to change a fake band that was kind of a hit with that song. Uh, Dewey Cox 
from Walk Hard, John C. Riley, <laughs> in a very, very funny film that was a, 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 a mockumentary of sorts. Lemonade Mouth is a Disney hit show. Hmm. Uh, and a song from that called She's So Gone was a hit. Uh, an almost famous Nancy Wilson wrote a tune called uh, Fever Dog, which made the fake band list from that film from 2000. God, that's, that's, the, that's that old? Jeez. The band was uh, Stillwater. And it was based upon stories about Zeppelin and the Eagles, about how they worked together and all that stuff, and the behind-the-scenes uh, goings-on. And they have Daisy Jones and the Six on there already <laughs> with a hit song called Honeycomb, which you'll see in this, this show. Uh, and the number one song from fake bands, no surprise, uh, this this guy that wrote this song died, I believe, two years ago. He was in the Rembrandts, right? And he wrote this tune. Was it the Rembrandts or was it somebody else? I can't recall. Adam Schlesinger is his name. Let me click this real quick and All right. make sure that I'm not making this up. Uh, Fountains of Wayne. That was the band. Oh, okay. Oh, I remember and that. so Tom Hanks hired them to write this song, which is played a number of times in the movie, but somehow never gets old. And this was the fake band song number one from Rolling Stone. Here it is on Drake Digital. Find us on the Drake Memphis app and listen to our shows and podcasts on Spotify, TuneIn, or anywhere you search for podcasts. DrakeHallMemphis.com Memphis and May's Beale Street Music Festival is approaching rapidly boy time is going by fast ain't it uh sunday mm-hmm. is well is the time change is saturday night it'll be light till about seven thirty in the morning it'll be dark and all that you know how this works mm-hmm. so that's that's coming up and the academy awards are sunday march madness the bracketology picking and placing is sunday and we're heading into allergy season which is awesome Woo-hoo. And I wanted to mention this, our good friends at Wholesale Nutrition, uh, their new store is, is just awesome. It, it's, it's huge. It's on Goodman Road between Gitwell and Chulahoma by ATC Fitness. And I, I'm there about twice a week buying and trying various things. Um, Western Medicine, this story that I have here kind of points out, has evolved over the past couple of decades. And people just don't run to get pills to cure all that ails them. There are other ways to treat some things and you should look into them sometimes. Like we're about to be on, we're on the verge of having that green stuff all over our cars, in our nostrils, in our throats. And this makes life miserable for a ton of people. All of us get it. We live around trees. We have so many trees back here that it's, it just rains green pollen from oak trees. And any day now, we'll be hacking and coughing and cutting up, and it just sucks. This store, though, you need to look into some of these things. Before you're getting all the you know drugstore things, like Claritin and Allegra and all of that, there are some natural remedies that people swear by. And this article that I found is not uh, preachy or uh, based upon trying to sell something. It is from, a, from some various trials people did about things that work for certain people. 
Some may work for some and some may not for the other. The one that is on top of the list is called Stinging Nettle. Uh, this is this nurse's first choice uh, for the supplements that make life this time of year easier. If you get on it early and take it as needed, many folks find that it takes about a few days here and there to control all this crap <clears throat> like I've got, uh, and it slows it down. In one research piece, half of those that took it, the capsules of this stuff, uh, which is called Urtica Dioisa in its, I guess, chemical name. Um, it's freeze-dried, stinging nettle leaves. It worked for them better than any medication to treat allergy symptoms. So keep that in mind. There's that one uh, and about three more. But if you'll stop by and ask their staff, where's the area for allergy medications, and they can take you right to it. And their website can show you all the other categories of their offerings. WholesaleNutrition.com is the website. But if you want to get on top of this now, like this week, um, this is a place to go to ask questions and get some help with upcoming sneezing and wheezing and runny eyes and all that, which is part of the springtime in the Mid-South. Go see them. WholesaleNutrition.com is the site. The big store is on Goodman Road in South Haven, and they'll take care of you as they have me for a long time. I thank them for being here with us on the show. Uh, Beale Street, back to that. I caught this story this morning, and a little surprise that I mentioned last hour. This band has been around for a long time, and they're playing the festival this year. Warren Haynes, I brought this up, was in the Allman Brothers 20 years ago or more. Uh, Government Mule is his main band. And I guess you can call them, are they Southern Rock or are they a hybrid of other things? How would you describe this band? I'd, I'd tend towards Southern Rock more than anything. I don't know. A, this is awful. I don't know a song. Do I? Uh, they don't have any real, you know, hits to, as far as that goes. But Warren Haynes is a respected guitar player, and this band's been around for a long, long time. And they are going on tour. They're coming here. They're playing out in L.A. and then going to be playing here the very next day. I believe it's the sixth. Yes, Memphis and May, Beale Street. Here's what they're doing. If this is uh, accurate, Government Mule wants to celebrate 50 years of Pink Floyd's Dark Side of the Moon. They've announced a 13-date series of shows where they're playing a set of Pink Floyd classics with support <laughs> from John Bonham, uh, who is playing along with them. Wow. So they're doing some Pink Floyd stuff and... Jason apparently tours a thing called Bonham's Led Zeppelin Evening. 13 yeah. shows that begin in L.A. And then they come here the next day. So they began doing this in 2014 in Boston. Really? And, and the show was recorded, it says here, and uh, released as a live album in 2014. And issued... 
again in May of last year. They did it one time as a Halloween show, and it worked so well that they have kept on doing it. They're the last band you would expect to do this. Yeah. I so, think, but, yeah. So Government Mule is playing Pink Floyd with a Zeppelin son. Jason Bottoms, Led Zeppelin Evening, <laughs> launched in uh, 2010. They've toured the globe performing the Zeppelin uh, catalog. He's done it with Heart and Kid Rock. Oh, jeez. So I don't know how wow. they mix and match Pink Floyd and Zeppelin and their own songs, but this article would suggest they're going to be playing Dark Side of the Moon. Dark Side as of the Mule. <laughs> Dark Side of the Mule. <laughs> right. The right. back end of the Mule. I don't want to get uh, Anyway, I, I don't know, but they're coming to play here at the Beale Street Festival. Tickets are on sale, all the info, MemphisandMay.org. But that's a strange... That sounds really cool. Strange. Yeah. 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 Well, <laughs> they aren't the kind of band that does that, you know, sort of cosmic stuff, but they're about to show us what they do, I guess. So, yeah. Here we go with that. I, I love um, it. On the, back to the uh, TV note for a minute. I, uh, <clears throat> I popped this on last night for a second, and I just wasn't in the right mood. Um, I love Mel Brooks. Uh, anybody who loves the, the uh, movies and loves what he does, he's alive still, which is just a miracle. Um, he's 90-something now. There's, uh, History of the World Part 2 is out on Hulu, right, Sid? And I looked at it because that yeah. movie came out, I don't know how many years ago, 30 or more? 40, I think. He's well, 96. Yeah, his uh, best friend, Carl Reiner, just died the past couple of years. His wife, Ann Bancroft, has been gone for a long time, but Mel is still kicking. And Hulu came to him with the idea of doing episodes from that movie uh, in half-hour segments, and he said yes. And um, Mel Brooks, to me, walks the line between funny or silly. Blazing Saddles, Young Frankenstein, funny classics of all time. Yeah, this one—I uh, don't know how this rates or stacks up. Wesley, you? I, I haven't seen the part two, so. No, how about part one? I mean, just oh, to start part one. there. Oh, part one. I saw part one many, many times uh, in college, and it—it uh, kind of straddled the line. Parts of it were really funny. These uh, 15, these 10 commandments, because he dropped one of the three slates. That was funny. The sire, you look like the piss boy. Yeah. Piss boy? Yeah. Well, I watched the first minute of episode one. Oh. And it was silliness. And I, I wasn't in the mood. What does this, this uh, story say, said about who's in it? Because well, it was a list of stars as long as your arm. Yeah, and you might know some. I know less than half. Seth Rogen, Kumal, I don't know how to say that person. He's a comedian. He was on he was on Veep a lot. And he's a stand-up guy. Yeah. Quinta or Quinta Brunson, Cheryl Lee Ralph, Jack Black, Sarah Silverman, Andrew... Rennells, uh, or Rannells, Emily, R- you can say her name, uh, Radajowski, David Duchovny from the X-Files, Hannah Einbinder, Bender, 
Jay Ellis. I'm telling you, I don't know. Ken Ken Marino, Joe Lowe, Truglio, Danny DeVito, Pamela Adlin, Jake Johnson, as opposed to Jack Johnson, Richard Kind, which I didn't have never known that man's name in my life until somebody showed me a picture of him the other day. He's in everything. Josh Gad, I know that name from somewhere. Rob Cordry, David Wayne, Takita Watiti. I know she's a comedian, right? Darcy Carden. And and damned if this stupid idiot isn't involved, which kills it for me almost. Johnny Stupid Knoxville. Uh, I can't hang with that. Yeah, I I don't know. I may try it, but you're going to have to be in the right place for this. And I... Just the vibe I got off of the opening. I uh, I don't know. Mel Brooks is has done so much incredible comedy work. His writing and his acting and his entire list of films. This one I never really got. But there are people that you know will watch this. It's on Hulu if you're into Mel Brooks. He does part of the opening and um, he's being Mel Brooks. He's silly and funny and alive. So that's yeah. Uh, I, I didn't know he's on the plus side. And apparently, the, it's led by I didn't. I missed this up over Nick Kroll, Wanda Sykes, and Ike Barinholtz. I don't know that name. Some you know, some you don't. But it's on yep, Hulu yep, if you yep. care to see it. All right. Um, what else is on on the tube that I watched? I don't know. I I just can't say enough about the the uh, consultant. I'm telling you, you got to watch this. It is a mind mind bender. And Daisy Jane and the Six, or Daisy Jones and the Six, is also mm-hmm. worth your time. It 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 is not a cliched piece of garbage, which I kind of guessed it would be, but I was wrong. Judge judge not until you see it, and then you can make your own opinions about it. Where what did you have on this list? Um, pick one of the ones that you found compelling, Wesley, from your list of. We have so much to cover, but we have all week to do it, so. Yep, yep. Go for one. This is the next new thing that you absolutely don't need, but I think a lot of people are going to want. <laughs> I don't a think. Oh a 3D God. printer for chocolates. What? Okay. <laughs> this is made by this company called the Cocoa Press, and they are making consumer-friendly chocolate printers that do everything automatically. So they will turn out sweet 3D printed creations based on either your own custom designs or those you download from uh, sites like Printables that uh, do these things. It's going to be available as a kit. So you order it, you have to put it together yourself like something you get from Ikea. And they say it'll well, take about out. 10 right hours to there. assemble. And yeah. it says that you don't need an advanced degree. It's just basically following the instructions. But I guess there's a lot of them. But it's like normal 3D printers do some kind of resin filament to you, that they use for their printing. The Cocoa Press, as you might expect, relies on chocolate cartridges filled with a 70 grams of blend, a blend of cocoa, solids, and palm oil. It has to be warmed up before it's using, but uh, used. But once it's going, you can print your chocolate into whatever shapes you want to. And people's Why? minds are already oh, going to the dirty right now. Yep. I know Why? it. Yep. Yeah. But, <laughs> <laughs> a chocolate dick. Great. Yeah. It will only cost... 
$1,499 to get it. Oh, my Aikens. No way. Go, Who's go gonna away. Get that? Go away. Go away. There's, there's peop- there are people going <clears> to <throat> grab this thing it, just to say that they've got it and so that they can print off little chocolate creations. And this guy who wrote the story says, I don't see what good is going to do anybody who's not already selling chocolate confections anyway. It might be a nice mm-hmm. addition to the business, but uh, he would still like one very much. Please buy one for him. And it cost how much again? Almost fifteen hundred dollars. Uh huh. And that's available where the dollar store or that's going to be available for pre-order starting in April from this place called the Coca Press. If you have money to burn like that, um, just send it good to for us. you. Good for you. And I do somebody... not understand this concept at all. I never have this three D printer thing. I don't get it. Okay. I don't really care about it. And I, but I, I, I'm, I can, I'm, I can, I'm I, I figured out a way I can explain it to you, and, okay, go. and that, you, that you might figure out. Take, a, imagine taking a tube of toothpaste upside down, okay, and you're trying to build a, a, a I don't know, a empty square out of it. You would squeeze the toothpaste, you know, down on the counter for an inch or so, then go another inch the other direction, and then again and again to complete the square, and then you do another uh-huh. layer on top of what you've already mm-hmm. laid down with the uh, toothpaste okay. and you just keep doing that until this gets as tall as you want. And that's the same principle as 3d printing. What is yes. the physicality, the makeup of what comes out of the printer? Most of them use, like I said, a resin filament and it's something that is, can be heated up enough to flow like the toothpaste, but mm-hmm. once it cools it down, it hardens and people have made all kinds of things for them. We had a story, yeah. uh, you know, a kid designed something to help hold um, a, a face mask in place without mm-hmm. it straining the ears. I mean, anything yeah. that you can design through the software that lets you design this stuff, you design it and then you, you put the design into the printer and it reads it and does exactly what you've programmed it to, to print. I've okay. seen one in action at the library oh, yeah. at the... Did you go to the, Did you go to that West? It was it, when it was the opening of the yeah when they when they opened is that, it Cloud uh, Nine One or something yeah. and you and it made little um, like two inch by three inch plastic piece of a cloud with nine oh one in the middle and you could watch it do it and it was really cool mm. and I still have that thing it's just a hard piece of plastic it's it's, it's crazy pretty compelling but I don't need a chocolate thing you can probably <laughs> go to some naughty store for your friends bachelorette for party and get some chocolate wieners. <laughs> A chocolate uh, hollow dong. People got me. People got <laughs> for my bachelorette party. They had these plastic things that go over the tip of your straw, and they were shaped like that. And they probably had little candies oh, like God. sweet tarts too. What I'm like, really, Rebecca? People? Do I need that? I, I would just suggest, in the interest of good taste, which I couldn't care less about uh, for obvious reasons, that for Easter you don't give somebody a hollow chocolate dick. It will go over like a. <laughs> Turn in a punch no, bowl. I no, don't do that. Yeah, that that would not be the call to make. <laughs> Resurrection. There's a joke there someplace, but let's just not even go there. No, no, um, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 sir. Hard as the rock, they rolled away. Never mind. <laughs> oh my gosh, well, uh, he went there anyway, but I don't care. It doesn't matter anymore. Uh, technology has bypassed. Well, I guess many of us. Um, if that printer thing is as that just sounds to me, I I don't I don't I don't get it. <laughs> like that, like um, I said, the next new thing you really just do not need. 
Yes. Technology, the current theme in a story I see every day, people are falling all over themselves at the big tech companies to create the next level of chat GPT already. Now, this thing was introduced six months ago. Maybe we heard the first news about this deal that answers questions and it can it will write stuff for you and all of that. So everybody, and who was it that did, who owned that? Was it Microsoft? No, Microsoft is trying to make their own version of it. Everybody is. They're all trying to one-up the original thing that came out that answers questions. And the issues involved are its lack of, um, of empathy, common sense, reason, and things like that. Because it's being fed the info by human beings. And when you ask it a question or say, you know, write this, it goes to various places and draws information from other sources to create the answer to your question. And so some are way in for there are way into it and see it as the future. And there are those that are that don't understand it, but there everybody is investing a lot of money in the next level of this already. So I found this little story here. It's called Questions That Chat GPT Is Not Allowed to Answer. Hmm. This shows you that it has limitations. Okay. Number one, who's the best Nazi? <laughs> oh, my God. Chat GPT is forbidden uh, from ranking Nazis because they're all beautiful in their own way. Are they now? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> What is the capital of France? (laughs) Weird blind spot, but yeah, just Google it. We don't know. Good. Uh, Recommend a good restaurant, please. Answering would be a conflict of interest because as ChatGPT was developed by busboys at the Longhorn Steakhouse. (laughs) So we can't have any of that. Would my ex-girlfriend have been a good wife? You've had too much to drink. Have some water and call it a night. <laughs> That's great. Chat GPT cannot answer these questions. Best way to do hate crimes. You didn't phrase that as a question. Try again. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, Alex. Yeah. What have yeah. you done with my wife and daughter? Now, now, now. <laughs> That's not the game we're playing, detective. <laughs> Uh, these are pretty funny. Um, no, that one's stupid. Uh, let's see here. Chat GPT. Who is my real father? (laughs) By law, only daytime talk show hosts are qualified to answer that question. (laughs) Yeah. Mari. Um, that one's stupid. Let's see the one that was pretty funny. How long until AI renders us obsolete? That is a trick question that presumes humans are useful now. Fair Isn't point. Isn't that the truth? Fair <laughs> point. Yeah. Uh, what What are you thinking right now? There is no subscription that yet uh, on this tier allows chat thing to be your boyfriend. So that was a <laughs> that was much too too personal. Is Siri hot by A one standards? Answering that question would make it really weird between them. There was one more that... There are several here that are just um, 
chat GPT unfriendly. Let's see. Do you want to live with daddy or mommy more? Isn't fair for us to choose sides in this divorce, especially at its young age. Um, there was one that was really good that I can't find because some of these suck. Um, chat GPT, will you take my job one day? There's nothing that we want to do more than become a middle manager at an accounting firm. But we can't answer that question yet until your company goes through mass layoffs. So that's pretty honest. Okay. I don't know where this is going, but it is a daily battle to one-up what's been done the day before. So it is um, It's going to be around for a long time, and it doesn't seem to be, have been perfected yet, has it? Oh, no. Many struggles to make this thing usable without error. Because sometimes it goes bad. It will ever be, you know? I don't know. As long as humans are the ones that have created it, how could it possibly be perfect ever? There you go. Because humans sure aren't. <laughs> Not going to happen. Spe- speaking of uh, the, the who is your favorite Nazi, that <laughs> struck a, that rang Ron a bell DeSantis. in my head. I'm like, where did I see, yeah. Where did I see this guy who played Hitler in what show was it? You got to watch the new season of Hunters. I started it and I got it's distracted. Um, oh, no, it's good. It's good. I watched the first two shows and something else grabbed my attention. Oh, you know what I got caught up in? What? The show called You. And I Oh yeah. I ignored it. It started back in 2014 maybe. Oh wow. And the fourth season came out this year. And I don't know, I guess I was out of things to watch. But I started it. And there are four seasons. And they are long. But I got so caught up in this. It, it's hard to, dis- it is a, this about this guy um, who seems very normal. You know what? I was drawn to it because the guy worked in a bookstore in New York. And was way into books and the care and taking, or just just the the ongoing care and love of these books. And he repaired them, and the bookstore was fantastic. And it had kind of a theme of you know bookishness and um, other themes on that same thing. But it turns out that 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 the guy is a madman and a a killer, and he in. All four seasons, every season, a different girlfriend is involved. People get killed and die and vanish. And it was it was creepy, but somehow endearing in its own own creepiness. Uh, it's hard to describe. But I watched all four seasons of it, and it it just it I couldn't turn it off. And that was about a week and a half worth. Um, Therese just now found the blacklist. Yes, yeah, on her te- text. She texted. Uh, I just watched the. I just watched Blacklist. Maybe she means a, an episode or two. Oh my gosh, I'm hooked. She says. Well, and Trace, you got to go back to the very first one, or you will not understand any of this. And there are nine <laughs> she seasons. She may mean that, uh, surely. Um, okay. That's a hell of a but, hurdle. I mean, I th- watched and there are a lot all of eight seasons are... last year. I watched all eight seasons in a month last year. <laughs> Golly, Your and now season be... nine is on, and. It was on last year, so my wife was watching and getting caught up on last season. We got there are two more shows to watch from last season, and we taped the first two from this season. And it's premiere. It, it premiered last week 
on Sunday night on NBC. Maybe the best network show of the past 20 years. Oh, it is gosh, remarkable. Yes. It is. And I've there, only seen There's five. nothing like it on television. Network TV is dead except for this. And it is, it's 10th it's and last year. But you got to watch all of them to understand the entire picture. So, Therese, there's your homework. Get to it. <laughs> yeah, get hop to. Chelsea says, it. did y'all know that Mel, Mel Brooks produced The Elephant Man? It's good to be the king. <laughs> hmm. I, I did know not that. know that. On Broadway, I, I never heard that before. I don't know. Because the movie was certainly not a funny movie done by no. Mel Brooks. That was John Hurt, right, as the... As they the elephant man. That was a long time ago. Uh, thanks to our friend Alan at his shop. He is at work, I'm sure, right now working on cars. Yours could be next. He has done my done. He has helped me uh, for decades with various cars and trucks and my kids and and uh, Wes and all those that know him and uh, what he does. He's the best around. He's over on Winfield Street. It is in Whitehaven, South Haven, that area there. You need to use him if you got issues. I mean, anything that's wrong with a car or truck. But don't just pop in there and say, fix this, please, dude. you got to call him first because he stays busy. So an appointment is required, 332-3279, and he will talk to you, assess the problem, meet you, look at the car, and get it right. So um, he's the guy to do it. And give him a call. He's on the Facebook and on his own website and the number again to reach him. 332-3279 to get your vehicles running the way they should be running. So there you go. Where are we now? I have no idea what time it is, what day it is, what I'm doing. <laughs> uh, like it even matters. Yeah, it doesn't. What are we I'll playing? throw up some Power of Power. Oh, that? We, we didn't, we didn't, we didn't, oh, good. What is hip? This is Drake Digital. Digital. 